Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. The following Outlaw Radio audio presentation is parody. Please be a grown-up and accept the following program as it is intended. Some elements of Outlaw Radio may not be suitable for uh, anyone. There may be occasional content that offends you or that you find irrelevant. If that is the case, we are doing our... Accordingly, listener discretion is advised. Outlaw Radio is not... For everybody. But neither is kimchi. Doohickey, you know, the doohickey that rolls. Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio Time! I'm through with standing in line for some fun to begin, but I found a good thing leaving me with a grin. It's time for Outlaw Radio to begin. You have the great Billy Gibbons here? Yeah. It's very cool. He just passed out. Oh, yeah. Hey, that didn't sound too bad. Huh? Yeah, the lightning of flower. Oh, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> and that's, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Allen. Pass me a gallon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to it, my friendlies. Welcome to it, my friends. Magic Matt's Outlaw Radio on YouTube, on Rumble.com. On X, a.k.a., uh, what do they call that thing? These Twitter. Days? Okay, whatever that. Whatever the hell that thing's called. Ladies and gentlemen, by the sound of that sound, you know that uh, Cher. I'm going to say either it's a movie Jaws or Airplane. I don't know. Cher says she will leave the U.S. if Trump gets reelected. Of course she will. Get Bye. Yeah. Nice knowing you. Goodbye. Yeah, Would you be saddened by that, Robert Hayes, Captain Stryker of Airplane? Captain Hello, Matt. Strike. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Matt. Yeah. Would you be saddened by Cher leaving the U.S. if Trump is uh, reelected? Did you hear that William Shatner has got a new clothing line coming out? <laughs> no, no. Tell me about it. Yeah. No, it's new. It's yeah. a woman's lingerie clothing line, but uh, I don't know if it's going to go. Uh, I don't think women want to wear Shatner panties. Hey, you see? Hey, huh? You see? What the? What the? You heck? Think? Do you think? By the way, William Shatner was in Airplane 2, also starring uh, this man, Robert Hayes, a.k.a. Captain Stryker. Now, when was that? That was uh, many, many years ago. <laughs> many, Why am I never told about these things? Many, many years ago. My daughter... <laughs> oh, that's cold. My daughter, minding her own business. By the way, can you tell I'm producing today? It's tough. Uh, and I'll get to uh, the reason why Tattoo Dave, our producer, is not here. But he is, uh, I'll tell you what, he has a great excuse. And I'll explain that in just a few minutes. But first of all, my daughter sent me uh, a note. And it was an article from the uh, 
the New York Post airplane was almost ruined by Barry Manilow and David Letterman. Why? Robert? Well, huh? I don't think it was ruined. Well, that, that <laughs> hey, I'm going with headlines here, Bobby Hayes. Uh, according to the Post, the headline, airplane was almost ruined by Barry Manilow and David Letterman. <clears throat> well, they wanted David. They loved David Letterman. The boys actually just loved him. Uh, they loved to stand up, and they just thought he was great, so they wanted him to come in and read. Right. And he didn't want to because he didn't want to act. He didn't want to be an actor. He liked to be stand up. Yeah. He, in, and, fact, uh, in fact, did he not go on record as saying, listen, I can't act. I'm not an actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He told him that. Right. And they talked to his uh, agent, and the agent talked him into it, and Howard Cotts talked him into it. And he came and. Uh, uh, what role did he read? Robert, what role did he read for? It was Bobby's. Oh, striker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. son of a gun. Yeah. So they got him to come in and screen test. Mm. Oh, I would and, love to see that. And, uh, yeah, during the screen test, after a few hours of working, you know, at, at shooting the scenes, Jerry apparently went up to his uh, agent and said, you know, I think he's actually could become an actor. Oh. And his agent said, his agent said, fat chance. <laughs> Is that right? Because, yeah. because what, I'll tell you what, isn't that funny how things differ, even though Robert Hayes, of course, uh, intertwined in both these movies, Airplane 1 and 2, um, but the, the rumor that I heard was that both the uh, Zuckers, they said they, they told David after the screen test, you're right, you can't act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, apparently he was laughing when he went out to the parking lot. And then when they finally got the word, it says they've decided not to go with you. He was so relieved. <laughs> but uh, oh, they got—they have all of those stories are in the new book, the "Surely You Can't Be Serious" book that's just come out. Is that? But is that not your line? Should you not get credit for that line? That's my line. That's my line. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that, wait a minute. Did you improv that line? No, that, that, but that's Robert Hayes' nah, line. Surely you improv. can't be serious. I, nobody didn't improv it. Well, how do you know? They, maybe. Well, maybe they wrote it, but I said it. So <laughs> that's right, Bobby. <laughs> no, and, and, and P.S. P.S. Robert Hayes, Captain Stryker. If you hadn't said it in the way you said it, it probably would never have been memorable. Nah. And yeah. the, the movie may have never been or become the ginormous success as one of the funniest movies of all time. It, I don't know. That was, it, was, uh, it was remarkable. I mean, De Niro tried it. They said no. Uh, Brando tried it. Is that right? No. Yeah, yeah. Olivier tried it. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Branagh tried it. Wow. You know, they, they just, uh, huh. the only ones that actually did it really well, I guess, were me and... Uh, the janitor was standing by watching <laughs> no, the thing, and, and the two of us. No, there is, they needed us to be kind of boring sounding, I guess. There, I don't know. There is a rumor floating around that Rue McClanahan sort of hit it out of the park. That line. Rue McClanahan did, but she was auditioning for Leslie's part. Ah, see? And therein, <laughs> therein lies the problem. So exactly. David, David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, your buddies, and of course uh, Jim Abrams, uh, with interviews by Will Harris, uh, Paramount exec uh, Tom Perry, uh, broke the news to uh, the team known collectively as ZAZ. Their jaws dropped, and then they broke into gales of laughter, Perry says in the book. 
um, when when they were talking about filling the role with crooner Barry Manilow. Well, they 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 didn't know how all this worked, and they would get freaked out all the time. Right. And Howard Koch, who was the best guy they ever could have possibly had to guide them through, Paramount assigned him to that. And he'd been the head of the production. He was the president of the studio. And now he had his own production company. Once he left that job, retired from that, that's usually what they do is they set him up with a, you know, a production uh, you right. know, spot. Right, a deal. So yeah. he said, don't worry about it. Let me handle it. And then he called uh, Manilow's. Because apparently Paramount wanted Manilow. Because Paramount had no clue of what it was that they were dealing with, really. Right. They said they wanted they wanted Chevy Chase uh, or Bill Murray. They said, oh, they're the biggest stars, and we've got comedy. They didn't get the fact that they wanted serious actors. They didn't understand right. Bob Stack. Yeah, right. And, and and the one that really slayed them was Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Like Joel Thurm, the casting director, said, Leslie Nielsen, that's the guy you get when you can't cast anyone. You get him the night before. <laughs> and, uh, but Barry Manilow, once again, an, Barry Manilow, a non-actor, I mean, he's but a he, singer. But he was apparently, he read it and said, God, this is really funny. And it's funny because Barry Manilow, they said that Barry Manilow is the only guy that really got it. Oh, no kidding. That understood what this script was about. Comedy, yes. But what when Howard called, he said, he said, uh, yeah, so Paramount uh, uh, says that you guys are, uh, you know, interested, Barry's interested, but all the scripts that he looked at, he said, yeah, it's not a big budget, you know, but right. uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It sounds exciting. Uh, it's not very big. It's a low-budget film. Um, and then, you know, we've got the uh, directors, the first-time director, and he said, oh, and he said, oh, and it's, it's three directors. And the right. agent says, let me get back to you. Yeah. And he never heard ah. from him again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he knew, he knew how to, he knew how to, uh, you know, work the whole deal. Yeah. And yet if they wanted somebody like, you know, when they wanted, uh, Bob Stack was the first guy they wanted in the thing. And they got, uh, Lloyd and Peter and then finally Leslie. He knew how to go to bat with for the boys with the studio, and you know. I think Robert was, Stack uh, would have been kind great. of funny. Robert Stack's in the movie. Oh, he is. That's why. Yeah, right. That's, he's the, but, the but, pilot but, of the trial. All right, hey Robert, Martin. slow it down, everybody. Uh, Robert Hayes, that's my brother Marty. Jeez, Marty. I know. I realized that I was speaking to. I'm going to speak a lot slower. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Robert, come on, dude. Yeah, yes. What, what do you mean? Come on, dude. You're the one who said it. <laughs> You're all the way. Yeah, I was yeah. going to tell you the. You know what? You know what? No, before you before I, you make your statement, that's my brother Mart. Um, I I must tell you that I believe the movie would have been much better had you persuaded Robert Stack to be in it. Uh, that's and that's just my thought. Matt, he was in it. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah, was he was. Um, no, Robert, I was going to say my son, Michael, which you've met, uh, he, uh, to this day, to this day, and he's in his 40s. He, uh, no, he's not. He's in his 30s. Jesus. Whatever. And he, um, uh, all-time favorite comedy movie ever. That's the airplane. And is, he, that, is that the beginning and end of this? And, uh, no, and he gave me a, a Blu-ray that right. when, when David was over here, he goes, David's going to be there. Can now, when you say David, you're talking about like a neighbor, David Zucker, the great David right. Zucker, funny man, David Zucker and his brother Jerry Zucker, yeah. who without them, there is no airplane one. So David was here and I had it in my truck. I had the, because he said, can you get David to sign this maybe? I didn't want to bother David that day. Yeah. 
So now I'm going to go to Robert. By, by the will way, you, will you sign to Robert? By, by the way, David, who is a funny son of a gun, but yeah, you, you're a little afraid to bug him. I mean, he's, you know, on, on the set, did you ever get that sense from David Zucker that he was a serious man who knew comedy? Let me think about this. No. <laughs> no. It seems like he gets irritated about things. <laughs> yeah, well, be, yeah. because he's... Oh, no, he's... They are like... They're like three bodies with the same brain. Yeah. They are so funny. And, they, and what they do... I mean, it's kind of a little routine they do, but they actually do it in real life, too. They were doing it on the set. Is is uh, David and Jim would sit over in a booth, if we were on the sound stage or in a small little trailer, if we were on location. And they had, this is one of the early examples of using a video feed so they could see what the camera is seeing. Right. And Jerry was out like the traditional director out by the camera. And, and uh, after they said cut, and if they liked it, they would, you know, if they just, no, go again, it's okay, you'd go again. But if they liked, they want to discuss it, uh, uh, Jim and, and David would come out and the three of them would stand there and discuss it. And then if they wanted you to do something different, try something different, whatever, the three of them would come over and one would start the sentence, the other would say the middle, and the other would say the end of the wow. sentence. Huh. Well. And they wouldn't tell each other what they're going to wow, say. Oh, yeah. let's tell them this. They just naturally did that. Now, Matt, let me, get this, so... let me get this straight. Yeah, that's and, my brother, yeah, Mark. Well, you, you and Robert. Let me, let me, let me get this straight. <laughs> Ro- Robert, so Stack, Robert Stack, Stack or was Robert or was Hayes. not in a movie? He was. Yeah. Airplane. Uh, <laughs> air, see, here, here's what happened. Uh, so these three nutbags, uh, they put together this thing called Kentucky Fried Theater, which uh, would inspire the 77 film Kentucky Fried Movie. And, yeah, it started uh, in Madison, University of Wisconsin, Madison. Right, and an earlier version of the script for Airplane was titled Kentucky Fried Airplane, which is funny. I, I find that funny. Yeah, these guys are always funny. But So they were researching TV commercials to parody, and supposedly they, they recorded... Um, these commercials, bizarre infomercials, to mock in this movie. But one, up, yeah. remember way back in the seventies, they used to they'd have the late night movies. Right, and they had all these commercials, Cal Worthington and yeah. the Dog Spot. Yeah, and they had all these goofy commercials where the guys that owned the business would do them, and they were so bad because they were so stiff and goofy, and and uh, and which has become the norm now. That's oh hell yeah, yeah, but. But they'd set the VCR and record as long as they could on the tape all night long and record the movie so they could get the commercials. And they use they parody the commercials in their Kentucky Fried Theater. Right. The play. Go see Cal. <laughs> and, yeah, and then that's what, uh, when they came across um, uh, the film and, and they saw it and they said, okay, let's fast forward to the commercial and said, wait a second. And they were watching it, and then they really got engrossed, and they said, my God, this thing is funny. Now, hold on, hold on, Robert. The the film in which Robert Hayes, a.k.a. Captain Stryker, from both Airplane 1 and 2, is a movie from 1957, an airplane disaster movie called Zero Hour, and it's about a World War II veteran with PS, uh, PTSD who's forced to fly a passenger plane after the pilots come down with food poisoning, and... Zucker said in this book, Zero Hour was intensely serious and unintentionally hilarious. So one one gem in the middle of this movie that they inadvertently recorded that night 
was the signature line, we need to find someone back there who not only can fly this plane, but who didn't have fish for dinner. <laughs> which is which is a what a what a funny friggin' line. It is. And they said and we didn't have yeah. like Leslie Nielsen saying it. Oh, yeah. When it becomes funny. He he was brilliant. He was so brilliant. Yeah. So they they so the three of them the the this this funny team of three they bought the rights to zero hour which was really smart so they buy the rights and by the way a 19- well, they didn't they didn't they didn't buy them right off they just wrote their script based on it ah okay and then as they were getting uh, further and further along they said to their agent um, you know well here's zero hour here's the script and you know you read that and tell us do we need to buy the rights oh yeah and he read the script and he said uh Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> was Zero Hour, was that a drama? Yes. yes. Oh, a heavy-duty drama, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so they they got half of the rights. It was at uh, Fairmont, and they got half of the rights, and then they were trying to find where who, who had the other half. They went all over the city at what studio had the other rights, and they were about to give up on it, and someone... Back in the file room at Paramount, found it. The other half was there at Paramount too. Yeah, and they found it like at the last minute. And they bought it. They bought the whole damn and thing. They bought it, so they had it. Yeah, so then they could do it. Yeah, and that's why they would they they would go in between takes. They took Joe Byrock was the camera DP guy, one of my all time favorites, mm. and um, they would bring him out to the to the uh, you know the little booth where they had the video. They would play. Um, they had a videotape of the movie, and they'd play it, and they would they would uh, bring up the scene gonna, that we were going to shoot. Right. And they said, "Here was the scene in Zero Hour. Let's you know look at the lighting, look at the camera angles." And so they actually made a, a wow. real close copy to it. You know, wow. copy of it. Yeah. Well, it was it was pure brilliance. Well, it's, yeah. all, it's things like that that yeah. a lot of people don't know, but that's how minute. You know, the, all the little things that yeah. surprise you. You can watch it, then you can watch it again. Then you hear a story about that. Oh, and you go back and watch right. it again, and you see it, you know, from that angle. I find myself... The thing about the book, yeah. the book has all the pictures and everything, which are great. A lot of pictures that I've never seen. Right. A lot of nudies yeah. of you, I understand. Nudies. Oh, nude boy. pictures. Mostly those. Yeah, yeah. nudies of me. And, now, t- and okay, Julie okay, because we only have a couple... Actually, the nudies aren't of Julie, but they're of me and David and Jerry. And oh, Jerry. that's a good look. Oh, that's a good look. Uh, Robert... I'll tell you, I'll tell you the yes. fun thing for me, I was just looking around on the Audible um, uh, app, you know, on the iPhone. Yeah. And I looked for books to listen to, and I just I wonder if that's out, if they're going to do it on Audible, and there it was. So it's all of them speaking about the book, and then it's got a lot of a lot of people like me, Julie, um, Bill Hader talks about it. Oh, that's the way Darren to go. Brothers talk about it. Michael Eisner talks about oh, it. That's oh, the way to they go. Recorded, they recorded all of us. Okay, so uh, true, true or false for the for the role of false. Elaine Elaine Dickinson. Who played your love interest in the movie? Um, it's the Gorney Weaver. Yeah, the flight attendant's uh, pilot love interest, eventually played by Julie Haggerty, the the lovely Julie Haggerty. Uh, Shelley Long had a great audition, I understand. Yeah. While Sigourney Weaver took herself out of the running because she came dressed in a 1940s stewardess costume, complete <laughs> with full makeup and yeah. a and a 40s hairstyle. David Zucker. Yeah. Said right off the bat, she told us that she refused to do the, and I quote, "sit on your face and wiggle line." 
Right. <laughs> right? And not only and not only that, you know, so they thought, Oh. And then not only that, she said, um, I don't know if it was she and her husband or her manager or I don't think it was her alone. I think she had somebody else that she said, We think that uh these lines should be changed this way, it would be funnier and this and and so basically from that instant it was like well, thank you very much. You know, they listened to everything. And of matter, course. Whatever. But they knew this isn't going to work. No, uh, no. That's, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, Robert Hayes, can you imagine the hassle if you buy into that and you're and you're asking for comedy, uh, creative comedy input from Sigourney Weaver's people? Probably not yeah. a good idea. Well, it could have just destroyed the whole film, just like if they'd gone with what the studio wanted to do. It wouldn't have, never have made it. It, it would have been a bomb. Well, you, you, well, I guess, well, hold on a second, Robert Hayes, I guess what you're saying is if they had selected Barry Manilow, say, instead of you to play Captain Stryker. If you had, like they were saying, the boys say, if you take a, uh, someone that's known as being funny, so you had Chevy Chase or Bill Murray, right. they were really, really pushing hard, the instant the audience sees that, they say, oh, great, it's a comedy. Boom. Ah. Uh. If you go and you don't know anything about it, smart, and all of a sudden you hear bottom, dum 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 dum, and you see the pin going through, you think, "What the hell?" And then as it unfolds, you're saying, "What the hell was that? What the hell?" Yeah, and you start laughing in spite of yourself. And and um, now I guess Haggerty came along soon. At, wasn't she? Was she not uh, cast before you? Yeah, she was cast before me. Yeah, yeah, in New York. Yeah, New York. and yeah. and when when you went in for the audition, did you hear about the Chevy Chases and the Barry Manilows and those folks? No, you didn't. No, I just went in because by that time, I was one of the last people cast. I think because of of the main, you know, the main people, you know, uh, Leslie and Lloyd and right. everyone. And how do they find you, Robert? How do they find you? Well, they couldn't find Ted. And when when Julie came in, they rode up in the elevator with her. She had no idea that they were the guys. Yeah. And they were just, you know, kind of saw her and they were looking at her and the way she reacted to things and and would respond. And, uh, you know, if you said hello or whatever, just hearing that voice and, and watching her. Then she walks in and she says the room was filled to the brim with girls that were in their audition. Wow. You, you know, when she walked in, she started talking, and as soon as she finished, they said, that's it, we've got our yeah. You sort of, you but sort of, you, Robert, Robert, I, I, hold on a second. You, you sort of threw that in as a side comment, but when you talked about uh, Julie Haggerty's voice, it is so distinct and oh, so yeah. interesting and so innocent and so beautiful. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't think I'd have to do this, but I, I have a couple more questions. Can you hang with us for another four minutes, please? Please? No. Is, is that a yes? Is that a yes? Not, not in my lifetime would I ever do. Okay, so hang like that. hang in there, and uh, we're, if he's if he's still on the phone, then we will continue with Bob Hayes and some interesting insight on Airplane One, performed by the Zucker Brothers, and of course uh, Old Abrams. When we return on Magic Matt's Outlaw Radio on YouTube, Rumble.com, and X, aka Twitter, and the finest radio stations across the country. We love you, Wausau. Hey, we're going to talk to uh, Tony. And Beth. Oh, great. Who sent, who, who sent us about 20 pounds of the greatest bacon on the planet when we return? This is Outlaw Radio.